Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, January 5th. Coming up, yesterday was the start of Missouri's legislative session, and with new leadership and a congressional map finally passed, Republicans and Democrats can move on to other priorities. We don't have redistricting, which is a a very, by definition, a very political process, taking up a lot of the political energy. So hopefully we can devote some of that energy to to getting things done. Plus, recent elections in Kansas kept a Democratic governor and a Republican-controlled legislature. Governor Laura Kelly says she'll find a way to work with conservative lawmakers to get things done. We'll get a preview of the legislative session in Kansas. But first, some headlines. Canadian oil company TC Energy will divert a creek in northern Kansas to help clean up oil that spilled out of the Keystone Pipeline last month. Celia Yopis-Jepson of the Kansas News Service reports. TC Energy already installed emergency dams to stop thousands of barrels of oil in Mill Creek from moving downstream. This stops oil that floats on the water's surface, but the creek continues to flow through large underwater holes in the dams. And scientists warn that the kind of oil released in Washington County gradually sinks and then spreads underwater. TC Energy says it will temporarily divert the stream to bypass a four-mile stretch of oil-filled creek that needs intensive cleanup. The company hasn't said how long it expects the work to take. This month marks three years of COVID-19 in the U.S. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports people aren't as vigilant about preventive measures. About 10 to 15 percent of the University of Kansas health system beds are usually occupied by COVID-19 patients. Stephen Stites is KU's chief medical officer. He says that will likely get worse because of the holidays. I'm a little concerned how high those numbers are going to be in four to six weeks because of the high percentage of COVID that we're seeing on our testing and the fact we just went through the holidays. We know that in the last two years, that's given us a surge thereafter. At the same time, fewer people are getting each new booster to protect against severe disease. And even though treatments are available, uptake is low. A potential battle is brewing over the ownership of one of Johnson County's most recognizable historic sites. For the Shawnee Mission Post, Kyle Palmer reports. Officials with the Shawnee tribe say they are in talks with Kansas state lawmakers to eventually transfer ownership of the Shawnee Indian Mission in Fairway to the tribe. That 12-acre site is currently owned by the Kansas Historical Society and managed by the city of Fairway. Tribal leaders contend the mission, which they say is sacred, is deteriorating and needs millions of dollars worth of repairs. The city and historical society oppose an ownership transfer and have suggested the tribe is seeking the land for, quote, economic development, end quote. We'll be back after this. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. 
The Missouri legislative session started yesterday. Sarah Kellogg reports Republicans are prioritizing banning transgender children from sports teams that match their gender, while Democrats are focusing on gun control. Between passing a record-breaking state budget and fighting over a new congressional map last year, the Republican-led legislature left many of their priorities unfinished. Now, with some changes in leadership, lawmakers are hoping to accomplish more this year. House floor leader John Patterson says he believes everyone is cautiously optimistic. We don't have redistricting, which is a, a very, by definition, a very political process, taking up a lot of the political energy. So hopefully we can devote some of that energy to, to getting things done. For Republicans, one of those priorities is changing the process on amending Missouri's constitution through the ballot initiative petition process. Through initiative petitions, Missouri voters have amended the state's constitution to allow for medical and recreational marijuana, a minimum wage increase, and Medicaid expansion. Republican lawmakers say it's too easy to amend the constitution, but don't have a consensus on how that legislation should work. Options include increasing the number of signatures needed to get an issue on the ballot or increasing the number of votes needed to approve it. Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Brown says he's in favor of upping the voting approval threshold. I am personally not in favor of changing signature requirements and, you know, a whole host of these other things, which I think are literally just designed functionally to to make it harder to get on the ballot. Any proposals amending the initiative petition process will face resistance from Democrats. Senator Brian Williams says it's another form of democracy that Missourians can participate in and pass policies they care about. A lot of the issues has been uh, at the expense of the fact that the legislature has not been able to get those things done. Another divisive topic likely to be brought up this year involves transgender children. Multiple bills have already been filed this year, including legislation that would bar transgender girls from participating in sports that align with their gender identity. Other bills would bar transgender children from accessing gender-affirming health care, including puberty blockers. Patterson says he wants every child, including transgender kids, to, quote, have a place. What we're going to try to do is find a way that transgender people can be accepted in society uh, compete, but also to make sure that that the people that aren't um, are safe and also have the chance to compete. The Missouri State High School Activities Association already has guidelines on sports participation for transgender athletes. Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo called Republicans' decision to focus on this, quote, absolutely baffling. If that's who they are, if that's what they want to put front and center, uh, is taking on the difficult issue of being angry and mean towards children. That's their decision. For Democrats, one of their priorities is passing gun control measures. Between the House and Senate, Democrats have already filed around 20 pieces of legislation on gun control. The actions come after the deadly shooting at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School in St. Louis in October. House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid says members of her caucus have been talking with law enforcement officers and asking them what legislation is needed. That includes bills around the Second Amendment Preservation Act, which prohibits the enforcement of federal gun regulations. But Senate Floor Leader Cindy O'Loughlin says there is not a scenario where such a bill passes this year. I think that they feel, you know, if we had less guns, we'd have less gun crime. And I see, I see no evidence of that. Despite more partisan issues, there are some policies this year that have bipartisan support. One of those is legalizing sports betting in Missouri. Since Kansas passed sports betting in 2022, Missouri is among the minority of its neighbors that hasn't passed it. Senator Denny Hoskins, who is sponsoring a bill legalizing both sports betting and video lottery machines, says he has the backing of Missouri's professional sports teams, who will also financially benefit. Make no bones about it. This is, this is all about revenue. And uh, the casinos, as well as professional sports teams, see it as a way to 
help increase revenue. For Rizzo, he says he thinks it's a top priority this year, and he's eager to have conversations around the issue. It should be something that uh, we should work on really hard because the people want it, and that's what we're there to do. But none of either party's policies will get done if they don't put aside last year's acrimony. Though the Conservative Caucus in the Senate is now dissolved, Hoskins, a former member, says he will remain passionate over some issues the caucus supported. I'm going to continue to fight uh, for what I think is right for my constituents and fight for conservative policies in the state. With new leadership in both chambers, Rowden says he believes the House and Senate can work together despite past differences. I think we're going to have uh, open lines of communication, and I think we share uh, similarities as far as some priorities. The legislative session will run until May. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Kansas voters gave Democratic Governor Laura Kelly another four years in office. They also sent a Republican supermajority back to the Kansas legislature. But what really made waves in the last year was their overwhelming rejection of an amendment to the state constitution that would have removed the right to an abortion. Kansas News Service reporter Dylan Lyson spoke with editor Stephen Caranda about what all of that means for Kansas politics this year. Governor Laura Kelly will get another four years in office, but she will still face a strong Republican majority in the Kansas legislature. So, Dylan, what kind of political headwinds is Kelly going to see in this next legislative session? Uh, Well, she's going to sometimes face a brick wall of Republican leadership. Both the Kansas House and the Senate will have a GOP supermajority. That means they can pass legislation, send constitutional amendments to voters, and override Kelly's vetoes without bipartisan support. That sounds like it could be a pretty tough situation for Kelly. What's that going to mean for her priorities, things like Medicaid expansion? Uh, Well, it's going to be really tough. Uh, Medicaid expansion specifically is opposed by Republican leaders, um, but Kelly says she will propose it once again. Um, She's also told me she's worked with Republican lawmakers uh, during her first term and was able to get things done. Uh, She pointed to fully funding education, a lot of economic development, uh, like the $4 billion Panasonic plant coming to DeSoto. Um, So Kelly says in her second term she will continue to work with Republican leaders. Given you know the outcome of the election, the fact that I'll never be on a ballot again might make it even easier to have conversations with uh, the Republicans in the House and the Senate and get some good things done. Let's go back to the state constitutional amendments. The legislature sent some high-profile amendments to voters in the last year, and kind of surprisingly, some of the big ones failed. Right. The first one and the biggest one was the amendment to the state constitution that would have removed the right to an abortion. Um, Kansas Republicans have been pushing for more restrictions on abortion for decades, uh, but those laws were somewhat stopped by the Kansas Supreme Court in 2019 when they ruled that the state constitution protects abortion. Um, But uh, the proposal that Kansans voted on in August would have basically reversed that and said the state constitution does not protect abortion, but voters rejected it over overwhelmingly and somewhat surprisingly. I know the groups that oppose abortion are really powerful here in Kansas. How did they react to that defeat and what do we think they'll propose moving forward? 
Well, Kansans for Life, which is the largest anti-abortion group in the state, they tried to have some of the justices on the court removed through the retention elections in November, but all of those failed. They all kept their seats. Um, so looking forward during the upcoming session, Republicans could still try to further restrict abortion, just not as strongly as they probably like to with uh, the amendment failing. So they might try something like a 15-week ban as opposed to a total ban. Um, Greer Donnelly, a Kansas native and abortion law expert, at the University of Pittsburgh. She told me in August that that was a possibility. There is a right to abortion in Kansas for right now, at least. That means that the anti-abortion movement is going to try to chip away at abortion rights as the anti-abortion movement has been doing for decades. We also saw a big political comeback this year for someone well-known in Kansas politics. Republican Chris Kobach will be the state's new attorney general. What do we expect he's going to do in office? Right. So Chris Kobach, who is one of the most well-known political figures in the state, was voted back into office as the new attorney general. Um, Kobach just barely defeated his Democratic opponent, Chris Mann. Um, while Kobach's campaign for the position seemed you know, more mainstream than his campaigns in the past, uh, Kansans will likely see him continue to make news and headlines. Uh, he says he will use the position to fight federal overreach by suing Democratic President Joe Biden um, pretty much every chance he gets. So um, it's likely you'll see uh, plenty of lawsuits from Kobach and making a lot of news here in Kansas. That was Dylan Lyson and Stephen Caranda of the Kansas News Service. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of the Missouri and Kansas legislative sessions from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Tomorrow, we'll hear from a local musician who's once again nominated for a Grammy Award. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.